Greetings and welcome to the Mount Rushmore Podcast. I am Jeff, and I'm joined as always by my good buddies Richard Hello. and Michael. Howdy. These guys debate deliberate the most ubiquitous aspects of a variety of topics, and this time around, Richard chose it, I think. It yes. is what? It is the Mount Rushmore of secondary MCU characters. Oh, wow. So, it's a universe, and it's, it's cinematic. And it's Marvel. And it's Marvel. And it's so big that we can have not just primary characters, but secondary characters. So many times when you have these like sort of extended universes, you know, yes, the main characters are great, but sometimes it's the secondary characters that you remember the most. Oh, yeah. Are the ones that kind of like make the most impact with you. Yeah. And so I, I basically my rules for this were, mm. and if you guys followed her, I don't really care, um, were it couldn't be a character that had a, a movie kind of named after them or that were in a group that had a character named after oh. them. So like no Avengers, no Guardians. Oh, okay. Movie or a TV series. Mm-hmm. None of those. Okay. So you know what a secondary character is. Yeah, you, sure. You get the idea. Yeah. They could be left off the poster if it was uh, <laughs> in a, you know, a thumbnail on on. The, an, a tablet or something like that. They might not be the center of the thing. Yeah. They would definitely not be the center. They might be just like a floating head amongst yeah. the sea of other floating heads. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let me ask, Is does this also include things that are out? So MCU, does it include Sony and Fox? I'd, well, I would say that the... Spider-Man movies would be probably MCU fine, but yeah. I wouldn't include Venom. I wouldn't or Morbius. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. But, All right. You know. Yeah, I think that's but, probably fair. None of mine are. I don't have any Superman or Spider-Man. I also don't have any Superman because <laughs> that would be stupid. <laughs> I also don't have any Spider-Man characters. It's all Popeye. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So Michael starts. Uh, my first choice was the Grandmaster. Oh, uh, from Thor, Fun. from Thor Ragnarok. Oh yeah, God, yeah. Played by um, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff yeah. Goldblum, um, who sure. just, you know, I I like him as he's not, you know, he's obviously a you know a bad guy in the movie, but he's not the bad guy. Yeah, he's the bad guy on the way to fighting Hela. Yeah, and um, he just, you know, Jeff Goldblum just in anything that he's done uh, over the last decade just chews up the scenery. Oh yeah, he's so just. He has no problems just being like, okay, what? Which Jeff Gold? He's just gonna play whatever yeah. we're gonna. He's gonna do. Just let yeah. him go, and it's gonna be perfect and fine mm-hmm. and weird and creepy. And and his character of the Grandmaster on Sakar is this kind of uh, you know cosmic being who has almost total control over everything. You don't really know what kind of powers he has. Yeah, but he's just kind of has them. He just yeah. kind of controls things. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of not quite omnipotent, but he's just kind of, you know, he's definitely, he's otherworldly, but he's just like weird and pansexual yeah. and just a creep and just flirting with everybody. Yeah. He's just so wonderful. <laughs> and Jeff Goldblum is just like, so he's just so delicious. And he's just, you know, he can, he stumbles through uh, just the way yeah. that he just speaks to, mm-hmm. he's confused, but like in control, yeah. he just kills people and they turn into goo. <laughs> and like, like everything about him is just so great. Uh, I do appreciate that they brought him back for like a little Marvel short one-off thing where he's like living with some guy in Australia. Yeah, he's, or like in LA, and he's just like his roommate, and he's oh. still kind of trying to dominate, control him. <laughs> <laughs> just like yeah. like just an ass. He's just great at being like yeah. he's just an ass. Yeah, he's really likable, even though he's kind of kind of vile. Mm-hmm. He's kind of a he's kind of 
gross guy, but he's just so charming. Yeah. I can't help but like him. He's a great counter to Thanos in the big picture because it seems like Thanos, through though he is indulging in all of his own personal desires to uh, to dominate and to eliminate, um, he says it's never personal. And whereas uh, with the Grandmaster, it just seems he's creepy orgy guy. It seems like he's Hugh Hefner of this whole planet. Like if it was a, he almost feels like his robe is going to come open in any minute now. Sure. <laughs> and, and he's got a, like a shitty keyboard in his, in his little throne room there. <laughs> so. It's just so weird. Because yeah. Jeff yeah. Goldblum is so weird. Yeah. And then you give mm-hmm. him a weird character and you kind of throw him into this like universe that until this time hadn't really had that sort of energy. Yeah sort of pulsating <laughs> off of it. Yeah. It's great. When um, the MCU started becoming more like galactic, when they kind of got off Earth, mm-hmm. you know, with Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor Ragnarok, certainly. And, uh, you know, uh, Benicio Del Toro as the collector, I, who I believe is canonically either in the MCU or just kind of in Marvel mm-hmm. in general, is like the brother yeah. of the Grandmaster. Mm-hmm. I love these cosmic beings that are all like related. Yeah. You don't know who like, the pain yeah. really is, but they're just like these omnipotent beings that just like exist to fuck around. Yeah. Like in space, because like they've been living for mm-hmm. billions of years and eons, and they're just like, yeah. Ah. I would also say, like, who are we going to get who can chew up more scenery than Benicio del Toro? <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> right. well, we'll get Goldblum. Uh, and they're both these people who have this penchant for gathering things and, and having adding them mm. to their oh, collection. And in, in yeah. this case, he's my champion. Uh, but yeah, but fighting them against each other. But he was definitely the first person when you when you no, suggested this. I was like, oh, this is he's he's just so great. Like, I want him to come back. I know. He oh might, yeah, he may never come back, or he could, but he's never going to be this in the same. He's just like the person that I want to return just for you know three and a half minutes of just like. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> just, just do weird mouth noises yeah. at, like, you know, at Chris Hemsworth. Oh, God, yeah. oh, that's funny. All right, uh, Ricardo. All right, we're in the same movie verse here. Okay. Uh, Michael, um, I went with Korg. Oh, fun. Uh, the giant rock monster. Yeah, of course. I tried to, I definitely tried to, I was really close to choosing him, but I was like, I, I can't. Mm-hmm. Start off with like two from the exact same movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think Korg is the perfect example of everything that went right mm-hmm. with Thor Ragnarok, where things had not gone right with previous Thor movies. Oh yeah, and you get if, if there's any character you can point to and say, oh, that's the sense of humor that we have, mm-hmm. or that's that's sort of the difference between this movie and the other Thor movies, and here's why yeah. people love this movie and, and the other movies. Eh, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. You know, and and Taika Waititi has basically said he based the character off of these bouncers in clubs yeah. in New Zealand, yeah. <laughs> who were all these hulking like rugby player, like monster looking guys, yeah. but had these this very but they had this very specific, hey, yeah. very very gentle kind of yeah. uh, way about them, but would definitely break your legs yeah. if they had to. They love their moms and they they live at home, <laughs> yeah. but they have the sweetness to them. Yeah, but but but, but will punch your face yeah. if you get out of line. Yeah. Um, and most of the lines, I did a little bit of research on this. I guess most of the lines were ad-libbed, hmm. which is, I guess, if you're playing the character and you're also directing and writing the film, yeah, you can kind of do whatever the hell <laughs> mm-hmm. you want to with with this character. But 
uh, Chris Hemsworth just basically fell in love with the character and fell in love with the voice that he was uh, doing, yeah. and it really encouraged Taika Waititi to do let's do more with Korg. Let's, and he was only supposed to be in one or two scenes, mm-hmm. and just because Chris Hemsworth loved doing him so much, and Kevin Feige wound up seeing the the, the dailies and really enjoyed it, they just kept adding more and yeah. more Korg. And I just I don't know if there is a line in the entire MCU that fills me with more joy, even than Avengers Assemble. Than yeah. Piss off, ghost. Piss off, piss off, ghost. Yeah. <laughs> Just, it's it, it, it's useful on any occasion. Yeah. Really. I, I do appreciate his delivery, too, in, um, in, in uh, Avengers Endgame, when they're playing video games. Yeah. And he's like, Thor? <laughs> new Master 60. This guy's talking, he's... He's yeah. being very rude to me. Like, you get out of here, new Master 69. He's just very polite. He's like, thank you so much. Thank you. He's just this rock guy that lives with Thor in Sweden. And you guys know more of the... Because I know he's more of a... The Korg character in Marvel is actually a bigger character than that, right? Or I, a different different type of character? I forget what type it is. I understand it. what he says. I'm a... What his breed of person is because oh, it kills me because he says what it is um but i think he cronan a cronan i think in in um dark world he fights cronan like he uh in trying to unite all the universes mm. he he ends up defeating a, a cronan but uh i i love the the improvisational nature of it i can i can imagine it in the, the cronan in, in korg and jeff in the Grandmaster, make the world sillier. So now, uh, even though Thor is very um, unaware of some of his uh, his hypocrisy, and Thor is unaware of some of his ridiculousness, he can be sillier because they're already going way far <laughs> over the line. And then that moment where he says, "Bye, New Doug," where he says, <laughs> "So, so now the title character is New Doug." Right. You know, so I just love love that. That uh, uh, context that it places the places for him. Yeah, I was I was right that that in in the comic book universe, Korg actually winds up becoming very tied to Hulk. Oh, okay. Actually, and when mm. they when they they escape they escape from Sakaar together. There's no Thor, ah. just, and they wind up going back to Earth and having adventures. I oh, okay. just finished reading the um, Planet Planet Hulk Hulk yeah. run, where basically, uh, you know, with the the movies, they kind of miss. A lot of they take little bits and pieces from here and there, mm-hmm. and some of the heroes on Earth purposefully send Hulk off of Earth in a rocket ship because he's he's too out of control. So they're like, let's just send him to a planet where like it's really peaceful and he doesn't have to be around people and he'll be happy there. Of course, you know things go awry and he yeah. it lands on this gladiator planet. Um, so he's just extremely angry, and I think Korg is in there, but he's not as like. His personality isn't as big yet. Mm-hmm. Maybe once he come, they come. He comes back to Earth, right, to do like this big uh, World War Hulk storyline where he like comes to kick everybody's yeah. ass for. You thought you could send me away, uh, but Meek's in it and mm-hmm. a bunch of other. That makes me kind of concerned for uh, Love and Thunder because I had having read the some of the comics that inspire it. Uh, they're very dramatic, and and it has a subplot or main storyline where Jane Foster's earthbound identity is going through chemo and right. were to have this completely I mean, like uh, 
Jojo Rabbit was not without its um, pathos and 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 solemnness, but uh, were it to be played for that big of laughs, I would be concerned that that would somehow diminish that plot line. But uh, you'll find a way. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. All right. So, what's your second Michael Winfield? Well, kind of starting with Thor and continuing into WandaVision, I'm going to choose uh, Darcy. Uh, God, what's her last name? I have it written down. Uh, Darcy Lewis. Okay. The From Cat- Smashing Pumpkins? The, <laughs> the bass player? The, the Kat Dennings uh, oh, yeah. character. Oh, yeah. As She's like adorable. As a sidekick to the love interest in you mm-hmm. know the first movie, where she just has this great... I, like, I like her, her uh, reaction to everything that's going on. Yeah. Like, uh, Jane Foster is like, oh my God, we've opened this space time yeah. thing and she's like uh there's a shirtless naked guy that's out here and yeah. her entire response is just so earnest and like uh she gets the name of like Mjolnir wrong she calls it Mew Mew and mm-hmm. she's just like she's just like this <laughs> great friend that's there you don't know how good a scientist she is you don't know yeah. what she's she just like the person that's like kind of going along with it and she really um I just love her like being supportive of Jane and then really in like WandaVision, when you get to the, the TV series, she really gets to shine as like this kind of sarcastic. She's always been sarcastic, but like yeah. more of a in control, figure things out. She's stepping out from mm-hmm. the she's shadows. She's a doctor now. She's, she's, a doctor. she's not, not an intern. Yeah. yeah, she's definitely stepping out from like the shadows of everything. She's grown as a character to be someone that can like, oh, figure things out and solve these problems in this crazy world. And really not take shit from anybody. You know, she's yeah. a great a great not take shit type yeah. person. I don't want no I, I never saw Kat Dennings. I never watched Two Broke Girls, but mm-hmm. she has a way of being this kind of vivacious and um kind of a glowing presence, but still having somewhat of a flat realness to her. Like a you almost feel like she's a real girl in a fake world. Mm-hmm. Uh mm-hmm. so as an audience advocate in a story that's, with... Yeah, that's, yeah. What that's a good way to put it. She's the one who just says what we're thinking. <laughs> There's some weird shit happening. Yeah, fire monsters here. Yeah. Like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's that's she's a person who still has to pay rent, even though <laughs> this character is going on intergalactic adventures. Oh, that's a fun pull. Um, because uh, in, in a series with a lot of... Uh, you know, Agatha Harkness is kind of a supporting character. Is that her name? Yeah. Um, but um, but she's like the big bad in it, so I yeah. don't necessarily call her like a secondary. That's tr- that's true. That's, yeah. That's, I thought of her, but that's the same thing. It's just like, well, who's the person that she ultimately is? You know, throwing magic spells. Yeah. Then she uh, changes whoever she is twenty times during that series. It seemingly, you know, yeah. oh, that's a fun choice. Uh, all right, uh, Manfredi. All right, my second choice is uh, Shuri. Oh, Black cool. Panther, mm-hmm. uh-huh. who I love. Mm-hmm. She's just great. Um, I don't know if we need to explain exactly who Shuri is, but she is the sister of T'Challa. Yeah. And is also the world's smartest scientist, mm-hmm. which I think is a pretty good combination. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I know, look, before anyone, before any of our numerous, we get numerous letters on this. Oh, God, yeah. I know that there's issues with the actress. And she's like an anti-vaxxer and there's... Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. They had to shut down production because of it and of the, in the sequel, it was a mess. Oh, sorry. I'm not going to get into that. Okay. I yeah. don't want to get into that. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to separate the character okay. from from the performer here. And I think I realized that I, I love characters who, are, who have great lines. Mm, yeah. And I don't know... That, 
I, I think the best line in Black Panther is when is it Black Panther where she says this or is it I'm trying to remember I'm, I'm trying to remember if it's that or if it's an Avengers movie when Bucky comes in when she has to say oh great another broken white boy to fix <laughs> because she winds up you know healing Everett Ross in Black Panther yeah. and then later on then in addition to that Bucky Barnes is brought to her as sort of like this reclamation project to yeah. get all the hydro programming mm-hmm. out of his head and put his bionic arm on him and yeah. all this sort of stuff. And I just, I think it's great that there was a female character who was able to be shown as being both physical yeah. and also incredibly smart. Yeah. Because oftentimes with female characters, I think in action films, they're either shown as kind of primarily one or the other. Mm-hmm. It's not that Black Widow isn't smart, but mm-hmm. we know Black Widow for her karate, yeah. kung fu, yeah. being the best hand-to-hand fighter mm-hmm. in the world. And so it's rare to see, I think, in particular, a female character that is allowed to have that combination. Yeah. His elite guard are uh, very um, combat ready yes. but we don't know that they are scientists or anything like that so yeah, they, shuri is very different than them shuri, yeah. shuri yeah. stands kind of a, apart from mm-hmm. everyone else even though she's a more than capable fighter and i know mm-hmm. in the comic book series she winds up becoming black panther at one point i don't Correct. know mm-hmm. maybe i know more about mm-hmm. marvel i have than a comics than I there is a big blind spot that i'm currently working to fill in and that's from when I stopped reading comics in like 2004, 2005 until present day. Mm-hmm. So I've currently caught up to, I really wanted to get into like a reread of like the X-Men, but then I ran into like this big monolith that is uh, like the comic book events that started happening around the mid 2000s, like, like uh, Annihilation and uh, Planet Hulk. And mm-hmm. I just finished Civil War, which mm-hmm. man, I hated that book that series mm-hmm. that um crossover but like i got i'm just trying to cat play catch up but i have this huge yeah you know uh missing like knowledge bank like if you were to ask me about i don't know something that happened to the x-men in like 1991 i would tell you exactly what's happening but like yeah. i'm just trying to catch up so there's all this stuff that's being pulled from from a more recent um you know timeline or you know series of events that i'm like Okay, I've mm-hmm. seen the movie. Did it pull from there? Did it pull from something from 25 years yeah. ago? I don't know. Yeah. No, and, I, and the other thing I love about, about Shuri, well, one of the other things, is the fact, it's just her I don't give a fuck kind of attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she doesn't, when it's time for the Black Panthers kind of indoctrination, or not indoctrination, but sort of a, the ceremony yeah. to make it Black Panther. She doesn't want to get dressed up in all the robes and everything. She'd rather be wearing her T-shirt and comfortable pants mm-hmm. kind of just more she is definitely more americanized than any other black panther character yeah which i find interesting yeah the the smartest one is also the one who took the most interest in the outside world mm-hmm. which winds up becoming this kind of big obvious one of the big plot points of black panther is this idea of focusing on the outside world versus internalizing it yeah yeah and that's does seem like she she is one of these voices, likely, who is almost like a consigliere to the king saying, um, 
we need to modernize the image of what Wakanda is, and we can't we can't hide all this stuff from the uh, yeah yeah. That's a fun pick. I was I was reading the Ironheart series at the time when Black Panther. I was starting to hear about it. and I heard about that character, and I remember thinking, "Oh my God, they're going to make Shuri into Ironheart mm. and take over the Iron Man throne." But I think they're doing something different with that. But um, but yeah, it's a it's great great character. Also, like the Afrofuturism of the design for Black Panther uh, has technology creating amazing um, an amazing community, but it also has, it's entirely separate from Western um, architecture. It has this this um, sense of indigenous to to this world, not the Western world. Right. So that was really cool. Uh, this is halftime. At this point, we're gonna say, y'all, fuck off, ghost. New Doug. Uh, God, he's so funny. Clean up your tools. <laughs> what was he? He's trying to get them to clean up their. Still the bra- yeah. still got the brains and the blood yeah. on. Yeah, your hammer pulled you off. Ooh. <laughs> God, that stuff is funny. Had a very special relationship with your hammer. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like he had a very special... hammer. hammer. I okay. cannot do it in New Zealand. Oh God. Among so... the accents that I cannot do, mm. New Zealand is one of the most. Oh, and then uh, I love the woman. I forget the actress's name. Who's a uh, Waititi regular kind of um, who's. Um, plays his assistant and scrapper uh what what was i just saying scrapper 23 uh it starts with a beat uh uh trash <laughs> trash no it's not like you just were you were just waiting to say trash uh she's great okay yeah guys uh, download read read re- past episodes give the gift of rushmore to uh it fits perfectly in a stocking doesn't it or in a, I mean, it's listen. It's, it's free. It's like a gift card that you don't have to pay for. You don't have to pay it for it at all. Have any value? Yeah. Yeah. Tell us. Let us know who you think is the best secondary Mount Rushmore character. <laughs> I think it's probably one of Jeff's presidents. I yeah. think it could be. <laughs> that all had the same accent every time they would come out. Uh, yeah. Do that. Okay. We're back. Okay. Um, now it's Michael. Uh, my third choice is um, another Lewis. It's Lewis as uh, in Ant-Man. <laughs> Louis, you mean? Oh, Louis, God, I love also it. On my, also on my list. Oh, God, oh, God I um, love it. He is so perfect in this kind of best friend mm-hmm. that he met in prison role <laughs> yeah. that uh, turns into another sort of um, a way to yada yada through a story. Yeah. You know, he can fast talk and bring everyone up to speed and get just get you to the point he's like walking exposition mm-hmm. yeah what, what a great way to put it and um he's just so he's just so full of life and so energetic and so optimistic even and, though yeah. he, he's had like such a rough mm-hmm. a rough go of things and um it could be too that i'm just hoping that whatever story they use um it, uh, there's something that like a i don't know in the first ant-man uh, I loved it when it didn't involve Luis, but when uh, the wasp, not the wasp, the hornet, yellow, ja- yellow, yellow jacket, jacket. Mm-hmm. Uh, is like, I'm going to disintegrate you. And then like the iPod starts playing disintegration by the cure. <laughs> and then I loved it when he starts telling his story in, in Ant-Man 2 and he starts talking about Morrissey. 
Yeah. And it's just like the jukebox only has Morrissey on there. And it's for a very specific reason for us Latinos. And it's just yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then I'm just waiting for what is the Depeche Mode thing going to be in like, oh, yeah. Depeche Mania. There's yeah. got to be like a Depeche Mode. I can't think of what other band there would be other than those two that will just pop up, but who knows. Yeah. But anyway, he's so great and he's so enthusiastic and he's just just shot of energy in every scene he's in Yeah, that uh, he just makes one of the... The, the best MCU secondary he's characters. He's just so optimistic. I mean, when when uh, he's you know when when Paul Rudd asks him, yeah, how things have been going since he's out of prison. Well, you know, my girlfriend <laughs> broke up with me, and uh-huh. my uh, dad, or my mom died, and my dad uh, got deported. But hey, I got the van. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like always able to find the positive. Yeah. In any situation, which I guess is probably how you get through years of prison in San Diego. I love that the van too becomes such a huge, key role. Key yeah. role later, you know, at the at the end of the yeah. end of Endgame, it's just like this thing that is, <sighs> we got to get him to the van. It's, it's I feel like they must writing. have cut out like Endgame was such a huge amalgam of so many different characters having their bows and goodbyes and hellos and moments and things like that. Like I just when I heard that, <laughs> I thought, or wait, no, that's Battle of the Republic. Uh, what was what was the horn on the? Uh, isn't it like Gugoracha? Yeah, yeah, something like that. I think. Yeah, I just remember thinking, is Lewis gonna show up and do do a recap of everything? What I loved about yeah about Ant Ant Man the Ant Man series is it it plays with storytelling in the micro and macro levels, and so you're seeing things from two worlds at the same time. Like you might see these two guys fighting on a train, and then we see it from a person a normal size view, and it's a little toy wooden toy train that falls off the track and so uh it deals with those but then it deals with with narrative from a third person standpoint when lewis starts talking so i met the superfly girl at the blah blah blah, and then we see people lip syncing to his voice that kills me every time yeah and they're doing the head nod uh that lewis would do if he was imitating a latina girl it's just so funny uh it was so awesome oh god that's a great choice that's the Michael Pena. It's Michael Pena. Michael Pena. Michael Pena okay. Yeah. Okay, then, Richard, what's your fourth? All right. My fourth choice is Yondu from okay. the Guardians oh, of the Galaxy fun. world. Fun. The uh, Ravager who uh, picked up a young Peter Quill from Earth. Michael Rooker? Rooker. Or Michael, yeah. R- Michael Rooker. Rooker. Okay. And uh, did not take him to his. I think that he his he basically had been picking up kids for slave labor or something like that, if I remember correctly. He, uh, you, or well, death. He was retrieving his offspring to test them for. Well, ego was doing that, yeah. So ego was paying Yondu to retrieve his offspring when possible to test them for his the extension of his powers. I think. Right, and yeah. if I remember correctly, if it wasn't. Uh, if that if he if it wasn't if the kid didn't have the powers they just off them. Yeah, I don't know if the Ravagers did. But I know I, no, the well, Ravagers didn't. But I think Ego did. Yeah, Ego and has think, a cemetery. And I think the Ravagers his... knew. I think at least Yondu kind of knew yeah. what the deal was. Yeah, and for and he winds up taking Peter Quill. Yes, in yes. kind of adopting him yes. instead of taking him to be yes. part of this. Yes, um, and so, look. They managed to make a character who shepherded tens of thousands of kids to their death. Mm-hmm. And somehow you wind up caring about him <laughs> and rooting for him by the second Guardians movie. And, yeah. and like 
I remember bawling yeah. when he died at the end oh, yeah, of yeah. the Ravagers salute for him. Yeah. That was one of the things that got me all teary-eyed. Yeah. And it's amazing they were able to do this with this like on the surface loathsome villainous yeah. no morality awful character. Space pirate. Yeah. Space pirate. Space pirate with like no conscience whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And what they were able to do with that character in the two movies and I think it's you mentioned Michael Rooker. I think it's a it's a credit to him as an actor what how he was able to find that sliver of humanity that was still inside Yondu and over the course of two movies kind of flesh it out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's definitely to James Gunn's credit that he was able to get the audience to invest in a character that otherwise just should have been a stock villain. Yeah, I think maybe only in Guardians of the Galaxy, which seemed like a movie where they had the third string heroes like that. In, the film was populated with people who were formerly secondary, you know, yeah. or, or character. No, I guess Peter Quill wasn't, but like they were kind of Groot was a villain in early Marvel stuff. And so I Drax, I, Drax uh, was a much different like uh, type character. Mm-hmm. He was a lot more um, elaborately dressed with, Big yeah. purple cape and yeah. all this stuff before they kind of reimagined him right around this like right around this uh, 2005 or so into like this destroyer yeah. or, or to like the tat- more heavily tattooed and whatever type thing yeah I would just say having been a genre director Gunn took ca- kind of cast some genre people like Michael Rooker I don't think he could do a British accent. <laughs> you no, know? He's going to play Michael he's Rooker, gonna essentially. Be, yeah. yeah, he's going to be Henry Porter of a serial killer. Or he's going to be that guy. And uh, and Dave Bautista, Bautista's, he's got some some range, but he's going to be, he's a genre kind of performer. So, uh, Boy, I, of, all, of all the different, like, wrestlers turned actors, what a, why, like, I could, what a, why him? Why him? How yeah. did he end up being so good? Which is, crazy well again i think it's that he was it was the combination of right actor right character right director yeah Mm -hmm. i mean yes he there are times where he has to show some range but a lot of the time he is able to just find the laugh in sort of just stating something in a very deadpan yeah the most deadpan way possible yeah and that's what gets you the laugh yeah i yeah he's not uh grounding us in the reality <laughs> you know no. when when peter quill has shows that you know, shows some really authentic emotion or something like that you know drax isn't isn't doing that or our lee pace as um ronan has this very grounding presence that that seems very you know fear fearful but yeah even Dave though Bautista. even, though drax, is, even though drax's character has is a character that you know is steeped in grief yeah and loss yeah, he, it's he's still you know a, a funny character, but I, but with Yondu, I just I would make the case for him because once again I know I've repeated this a couple of times. It's just it's it's fascinating to me when villains get rehabilitated. Mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for that that mm-hmm. kind of plot line, mm-hmm. and this is one of the most recent best examples of that. Yeah, he also just has like just the capper of all lines in that movie. We're just like I'm Mary Poppins, I'm y'all. Mary Poppins, <laughs> he doesn't know who this person is, yeah. and he's just like, he, like, is is Mary Poppins cool? He's like, is he cool? <laughs> yeah, he's cool. <laughs> that that moment, that moment as we as we see this 
this father redeemed in the eyes of his son. And I think, um, isn't it playing on the iPod at the end, the the father and the son, the Cat Stevens song? Yeah, the Cat yeah. Stevens song, yeah. Yeah, where uh, here, here's this, this uh, movie that's... A, the first movie is about a bunch of strangers become a team, and now this one's about this team that come, becomes a family. And then, you know, a, a person who realizes the person who was his biological fam, family was really just this person who was manipulating him. And, and yeah, the the uh, the sacrifice came from the person who was his parent his versus st- his... stepfather. Yeah. He ends up becoming more like his, more of his father yeah. than his actual father was. Oh, yeah, very, t- very touching. Was there any more of an unnecessary cameo? As Stallone. Stallone as a... Yo, I'm a Ravager, all right? (laughs) Like, just that inclusion in it was like, oh my goodness, Uh like, what was the point of this? Or Michelle Yao as one Uh of the Ravagers. Uh It's sort of like, she should be doing something more in the Uh MCU than... Oh yeah, she did, yeah. Like, like Stallone, you can see that just being kind of a stunt cameo, sort Mm -hmm. of like fun thing. But Michelle Yao, it's sort of like, She's yeah. too good to be in this for like two scenes. Yeah, I do. I do think it did set up. Uh, Rooker set up this uh, the Ravagers as being these space pirates, you know, and it helped build out that dimension of this, uh, and, and also helped build out Quint. Quill goes from being this child who's seen his mother die in front of him, and he's too he's crying and tearful to this thief who's stomping on these fragile little lizards that are crawling around. He's just being an asshole. So at some point, he, he turned into a hardened space asshole, and it was probably for hanging around these space pirate cowboy guys. Yeah, I, which I, I, I know we didn't really talk much about the TV universe. We mentioned mm-hmm. WandaVision a little bit, but the What If episode with T'Challa uh-huh. as star As Quill, yeah, as Star-Lord, yeah. And I just love the idea that it just, by, by T'Challa, just the sheer force of his goodness. Uh-huh. He's able to kind of impart that on everybody yeah. else. And I love the scene where uh, Yondu is meeting T'Challa's mm-hmm. real parents and having to... They were, So how did you wind up coming into contact with T'Challa? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, that's a <laughs> funny story there. <laughs> I, it's a great scene. Yeah. Okay, Winfield. Uh, my final choice. Who was is- Lewis? Lewis who? <laughs> Another Lewis. Lewis. <laughs> Parker Lewis. Uh, Joe Par- Lewis. Parker Lewis. Uh, is Red Guardian. Oh, yeah. David Harbour's oh, character God, yeah. in uh, Black Widow. I haven't where, seen it yet. Oh, uh, wow. He is great. He is... It's a great, it's a great dad role mm-hmm. of him playing like the father. Not the real father, but like the kind of pretend government father of yeah. uh, uh, Natasha and... Uh, Yelena. Uh-huh. Is that her name? Yelena, I think. Um, but he is like this kind of like disgraced Russian super soldier uh, who is too fat for his costume. Yeah. <laughs> He's trying to constantly relive his glory days. He's like stuck in this Russian gulag super prison. Yeah. Um, he was always the dollar store knockoff of Captain America anyway. Yeah. <laughs> in his... he, he just has, he just carries himself with such like bravado and yeah. confidence and his accents I, I think is pretty good i mean i don't yeah. know from russian accents so like whatever but like he pull i like i believed whatever he was throwing down. yeah he's so 
just magnanimous. Mm-hmm. He's just so he's just got such a big personality, but he's also so broken. He just wants to have like his family reunited, but they're not really his real family. Yeah, and the daughters kind of hate him. Yeah, and his wife is kind of like, well, you know, wasn't. He sold them into slavery, yet he wants their adoration and respect after not. <laughs> he's like, I made you tough girls, yeah. my girls. Yeah. And then, but he's just, he's just so, he's just so good. Yeah. Like he's such an interest. It's just, and just, there are just these moments where he's constantly trying to compare himself to like Captain America. Mm-hmm. Not that they ever fought. Yeah. Not that they ever have ever had any sort of interaction. Yeah. But he had his own shield. <laughs> he had his own outfit that he would I was like, you know, so strong. Mm-hmm. Oh God, yeah. You got to see it, Rich. It's good. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just, I just sort of missed it, and yeah. just one of those things where I, I know my son saw it and liked it. That, so see that. So like, there's a really hard, like, kind of like the opening title sequence of the movie that shows like uh, these girls that are like, oh yeah, thrown into like traffic, child, and, child yeah, traffic, yeah, and slave. It's like really. Hard. It was like dark. Yeah, I did really, see the begin. I did see the beginning of it. and There's a little bit of like, are we sure we're okay with mm-hmm. this? But yeah, I mean, um, but he is just so. He just does like these fun, like real, like super heroic things too. Like he has like this extra strength that you don't realize he has right right mm-hmm. away. He's like throwing like huge called dad strength. He's got dad strength. <laughs> yeah, but um, he's just got has two. He's just got good interactions with the the daughters who really. I mean, they both. Uh, Scarlett Johansson is just so great in that role and uh, this, the other one Elena mm-hmm. uh, can't think of the act, that actress's name but she's she's so good she's even I think she's, even, she's the best thing in that movie Pew yeah Florence, Florence Pugh Florence, Florence Pugh. Pugh yeah yeah uh, I also it's it's interesting the transformation he makes in the opening we, well spoiler he he, he is uh, in disguise as as a uh, suburban American person, and he's doing it even though nobody's watching. Although they, I guess, they could be bugged at that time. Yeah. Uh, so when he, when he, when we see him as Red Guardian later, it's such a vastly different character. I had uh, it just his character helped give me like make me feel like what daughters must feel about their dads. Like it, it, it instead of the Red Guardian outfit, it could be, could have been his members only. Uh, oh, for sure. <laughs> jacket yeah, still there, fits. There's, element, there's elements of like Al Bundy talking about the four touchdowns he scored in one game. Yeah. You know, you're just yes. Like, okay. And the cluelessness as to the psychological trauma that he's, he's created for these young women, yet still wanting their uh, adoration and, and connection as a family. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, that's funny. Okay, okay. Uh, we sure did this, you guys. We sure did this. Uh, the lots of colorful characters that make up this universe let's go with can't wait for a third tier third tier characters oh my god there's like, got to be some like the cape like a doctor yeah doctor strange oh, inanimate objects yes that would be great yeah let's just write that one down the cape. Right. thank you all listeners for not <laughs> doing shit <laughs> uh let's go with uh um lewis and let's go with shuri and uh, let's go with Grandmaster. And do we need another one? I think yeah, we need one another more. one. Okay. Let's go with um, uh, Cork. All right. All right. Sounds good. This has been the thing that we said at the top. We followed through. We did it. We landed the plane in the place that it said on the ticket you bought. And that is second tier Marvel characters. I'm always Jeff. I'm Richard. 
I'm Michael. 